You're listening to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast, best of episode, where we take a look back at the most compelling moments from this season's shows. Now, here are your hosts, Nick Hart and Pat McGrath. Ladies and gentlemen, okay, I'm out of breath. (laughs) Welcome back to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast, a very special edition of the Penguins podcast, our best of episode for all the episode shows that we did during the 2018-19 season. You all know me. I'm Nick Hart. But you might be a little bit unfamiliar with what exactly this best of episode is. So throughout the entire year, uh, we had some great guests, some great conversations. What this episode is, it's it's sort of a, a highlight reel, if you will. Some of our favorite moments from this season all clipped together, shortened down, and we all play them in one episode. And since we have a a lot of topics to cover, a lot of clips to get to, I didn't want to do this by myself. So, of course, I invited a co-host with me on this best of episode of the Penguins podcast, and it's none other than Shavertown native Patrick McGrath. Patty, how you doing? Not too bad. Just getting out of the gym, and I figured I'd help you out here today. Thank you. Of course you're coming out of the gym, too. Where else would you be, right? (laughs) If you're not on the ice, you're in the gym, right? Yeah, I gotta do something. You gotta do something to keep yourself alive. Well, that's the thing too. You were you were talking to me yesterday. Um, it is the the off season now, as of this this best of recording. You were saying like, geez, like you're already bored and you're looking for stuff to do. Yesterday, you were telling me you were going to come up with a list of summer activities. Did you actually get to, to put pen to paper and come up with a list? Yeah, it's tough when you go when it's a, when the uh, season ends early. And right. You never really. I haven't done. It's been a long time since that's happened. So. Uh, I had to, uh, yeah, get some stuff together and plan out the summer and so I could have a little bit of an agenda going forward here. <laughs> you have a map? You have it all mapped out so far? Yeah, I'm still working on it. This weekend I'll <laughs> put it all together. Still working on it. What, what did you spend the rest of your day doing yesterday since you told me you were so bored? Uh, yesterday I just tightened up the room a bit, cleaned up there, cleaned up around the house, cleaned up the car. It's a little maintenance day. <laughs> a lot of cleaning. Maintenance day. Yeah. I like that. A little spring cleaning for Patty McGrath. Well, With no further ado, let's uh, skip the maintenance and get right into the heavy machinery with this best of episode. So what me and Patty are going to do is we're just going to steer things from from one clip to another. But I don't consider you a guest today, Patty. You're my co-host. So if you want to take the reins, go for (laughs) it, buddy. Take it right away from me. (laughs) I'll still do my best. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's start at the very beginning. The very first guest that we had on the podcast this season was... Penguins rookie Sam Lafferty. And, well, naturally, we had to talk about uh, his career, growing up a Penguins fan and things like that. We ultimately got to his collegiate career where he was playing at Brown University right in the heart of Providence, Rhode Island. Providence is a uh, an historic city, a lot of old urban legends about Providence. I asked Sam if he knew of any of the ghost stories of Providence, and where we actually ended up getting was... A little bit of a fun fact on Sam Lafferty and how he spent his weekends in Providence. Have you heard any of the Providence ghost stories from your four years at Brown? Honestly, I have not. You have not? No. Jeez. See, when we first went to Providence, that was one of the first things I heard is guys talking about like how haunted Providence was. And I'm like, this has to be just hockey players being superstitious or something like that. But if you look into it, like if you just Google search like Providence haunted, There are a bunch of stories that show up, including one of the hotels we stay at sometimes is allegedly super haunted. 
Huh. The the Biltmore. The Biltmore. Allegedly. Oh, yeah. I believe it. The you believe it? Yeah, I believe the Biltmore is definitely haunted. See, now after I ask you, have you heard any Providence haunted stories, you're like, no, I mentioned the Biltmore, and you're like, oh, yeah, super yeah. haunted. Yeah, because when we were freshmen when we and sophomores when we lived in the dorms, uh-huh. uh, we'd come back early for, for winter session before uh-huh. school, was, school started back up, and we'd stay at the Biltmore for a few days, and uh, I definitely believe it's haunted. Yeah. Why? Do you have a story, or you just think it's creepy? Yeah, it's just creepy. It's really old. It's it's nice. It was fun staying there, but it's just you know re- really really old. Yeah, it see, just has that feeling about it. I'm I'm the opposite way. I think it's just people like psyching themselves out because it's an old building and stuff like that. The game of telephone over the years, like oh this happened there. Someone I don't know. I'm just I'll throw out a random thing. Someone got pneumonia and died in the 30s or something like that. This person died mysteriously in their hotel room. This person jumped out the window of their hotel room. This person was a devil worshiper who jumped out the window and cursed. Like, it just escalates over the years that I think it's just people psyching themselves out. Yeah. I actually went to a wedding at the Biltmore once. Yeah? Was it a haunted wedding? Uh, No. (laughs) No. Uh, It was over New Year's. uh, My freshman year when we were all staying there, there happened to be a wedding on the top floor. So we all... (laughs) You just crashed the wedding? Yeah, we all crashed the wedding. That's amazing. Yeah. Sam Lafferty, the wedding crasher. Did you, like, come up with a cover? Were you, like, distant members of the family? Or you were just like, we're staying here and want to party? We, uh... Well... Half the people there probably hated us, and half the people loved it. Really? Yeah. So we just kind of walked in, like you know, no big deal. We're you know we're here, uh, acted like we were supposed to be there. And were you, know, you dressed for the occasion? Yeah, we we suited up. And, nice. Yeah. So there was pre-planning that went into this. No, it was just uh, kind of spur of the moment. We we found out there was a wedding up there, so everyone was just yeah, like we throwing were trying our to, suits. We were looking for something to do. Yeah. We're, so we threw in our suits and went up there. That's amazing. And you said, like, you could feel like half the people may not have cared too much for it, but at least enough people were okay with it that yeah, you had a good time yeah, out of it. Yeah, half the people were just giving us the death stare. Really? And then half the people were loving it. That's awesome. Yeah. I wonder how many people have actually pulled that off in their lives. Because I think, like, wedding crashing is one of those things that people talk about doing and then never actually do. And you saw an opportunity and you pounced at it. I respect that. Yeah. It just happened, you know? It just happened. Yeah. You just go for it. Now, Pat, as you know, Providence is a great town. It's easy to get into some shenanigans in Providence, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. It's a good time. Uh, there's a lot going on. It's a nice little uh, place to visit when we go on the road. For for a quote-unquote small city or minor league market, there is a lot, a lot going on, a lot to get into. But I don't think crashing weddings is at the top of anyone's list. Have you ever crashed a wedding before? Uh, I can't say I have, but I definitely would want to uh, try it. Yeah, you want to throw it on the bucket list? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something I would do in the future. But, uh, yeah, laughs. I could see him, uh, he's pretty quiet, but I could see him, uh, going off the rails a little bit there. Little sneaky wild. <laughs> yeah, sneaky he's got wild. a little, uh, wild to him. Well, actually, it's funny you bring that up, Patty, because we might have the perfect wedding for you to crash. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, uh, Bert's sister's wedding. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. yeah. Getting married to a certain somebody that I think we all know in this organization. And let's listen to what Jared had to say. <laughs> let him tell the story. Yeah. So let me ask you, how did you spend your holiday, my friend? My holiday was great. Uh, wasn't able to get home. A uh, little too far for the for the only the right, three we days. Three days, we, yeah. Only three days, and Sault Ste. Marie is about 11-hour 11 to 12 hour drive from here. So I was fortunate that my sister lives in Pittsburgh and uh, my family 
decided to come down here for uh, for the break. So we all went to Pittsburgh and made it a lot easier for me. So it was a great break. My grandparents came down. Hadn't uh, seen them much, uh, obviously, since the season started. So that was a blast. So this is like the whole family came on yeah, down, too. Mom, actually, mom, dad came down from Sault Ste. Marie. Sisters obviously live in there. My brother, uh, he's an assistant coach in Italy. Right. Plays, he coaches a team down in Milan, Italy. And he was able to get a longer break. So he kind of surprised my parents and flew down to Pittsburgh as well. Really? And then my grandparents. Yeah. So it was actually a great, a great holiday. That's fantastic. What's your sister doing in Pittsburgh? Uh, she lives there. She's actually... Uh, I'm not gonna oh, bring oh, it no. up. I'm not gonna bring it up now. Oh, we're not I, gonna bring it up. I don't think so. Oh my goodness! You want to? I oh, I have no idea. She's engaged to Brian Rust, so really? she lives there. Yeah, not too many people. This know is that a one. mind-blowing fact for me. I had yeah. no idea. I legitimately had no clue. Whenever you you mentioned that, I thought it was like, oh, what perfect synergy. She's just living in Pittsburgh. That's that's five hours away. Yeah, it's kind of wow. weird how the whole thing ended up, but yeah, she lives down there now, and they're engaged, and they're getting married next summer. Next summer? Yeah. Well, congratulations to your sister. What's her name? Kelsey. Kelsey. Congratulations, yeah. Kelsey. Yeah, she's, that'll be... she's pretty excited about it. So You excited about it? Yeah. yeah. Rusty's a good guy. It was actually weird. So when they kind of started dating, it's when I came up to Wilkes-Barre the first time. Okay. And he was, that's when he got called up to go to Pittsburgh. So okay. they were dating. I had never met him yet. And uh, we were playing with a bunch of the same teammates. So... Like me being here and yeah, guys like so, so many me mutual friends, bunch but... of mutual friends, and like, oh, your sister's dating Rusty. I was like, yeah, but I never met the guy yet. So, <laughs> is he a good guy? And they're like, oh yeah, he's the best. So, yeah, yeah, re really no, good. So guy. yeah, no, he's a great person, and they're really good together. So it's great. So how did they meet then? If you hadn't met Rusty, but he meets your sister. So yeah, this is where it kind of, kind of gets weird. So my Ooh. family, back home in Sault Ste. Marie, we live beside uh, Trevor Daly. Okay. Who yes. was a former Penguin. So the former Greyhound as well. Former Sioux Greyhound. That's where his wife's from. So that's where they reside in the summers. Okay. So our family and their family is really close. So my sister had finished university and he had just recently been traded from Dallas to Chicago. Mm -hmm. So they, she was done. She was doing her master's online and they were kind of looking for help with the kids because they had two young kids at the time. And so like, Kelsey, would you want to come live with us in Chicago and be a nanny kind of and... Uh, whatnot so kind of just help with the kids so she moved to chicago lived there for the first half of the year then they got traded to pittsburgh uh -huh. and that's when uh, well obviously she moved to pittsburgh and yeah then and that's when they got introduced so right yeah it's kind of weird how the whole thing i was gonna out. say yeah. as as you were telling that story in my head i could already see all right i understand where this is tracking because yeah. daily ends up in pittsburgh yeah oh that's crazy yeah. all that all this stuff plays out now they're Engaged, about to be happily married next summer. Yeah, so they've been together for a few years now, and yeah, they're pretty happy, so it's great. Oh, that's that's awesome. That is a really cool story. That I Honestly, for those of you out there, I had no idea that no. that was the case. I had no clue, so that's a, a cool story we just stumbled upon right there. Yeah, I get razzed every once in a while about it. Do you, just nah, because it's, it's rusty? Not, yeah, just because a lot of mutual friends in the whole thing, so no, right. it's great. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. What a guy, Jared Burton. What an excellent individual. He he actually had an awesome episode overall. It took us too long to get Jared Burton on the podcast, but he did not disappoint. But that's the clip that we picked because, you know, we, we love love on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. <laughs> and, a, and a story like that, we're not going to pass that up. Just a, a great happenstance thing. And now Jared Burton's sister is engaged to Brian Rust. What a guy. Once again, what a guy, Jared Burton. You, Patty, you've known him for a long time. You've played together here. You guys knew each other in Wheeling, right? 
you got to have some great Jared Burton stories. Yeah, uh, Burt's is a heck of a guy. I've been with them from the start, ever since they started playing pro. And in this organization, we've been together the whole time. So, uh, yeah, i got nothing bad ever to say about Burt's. He's a great guy. Um, yeah, if there was a wedding to crash, it would be definitely one of them because I know the Burtons like to have a good time. Yes, that's <laughs> so, actually uh, a good point too. So that wouldn't be uh, that wouldn't be a bad wedding to uh, sneak in on there. We'll see if we can we can figure out the the address, the date of the yeah, nuptials. Maybe I just happen to be around Canada that weekend. Kick down the door, <laughs> and next thing you know, Patty McGrath is walking into the wedding. But congratulations to uh jared burton's sister brian russ the whole burton family the burton family going to be getting bigger whenever they tie the knot perhaps the guy with the most interesting family on the team that might belong to penguins rookie sam militech once again another great episode that we had this season once we got sam to to open up and, and talk a little bit uh, candidly it was it was a really good episode and i knew i had to grill him about his family do you know about his family patty uh, all the stuff that he has going on what is it? Uh, well, we're about to find out right now. Sam Militech, one of the most interesting families on the team, or at least that I've heard of. Let's hear what Sam had to say. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your family and your whole family dynamic sure. because a couple of weeks ago, one of my interns did some diving. We ended up doing a cool little story on, yeah. on you and your sister. But we also uncovered so much about your family. Your dad was a Power lifter, weightlifter. Yeah, he was on the Canadian Olympic. He was on the Canadian team. Olympic weightlifting team. Yeah. What? Yeah, he, he <laughs> was clearly a strong guy. Uh, apparently. He, uh, yeah, he played hockey and football in college, but loved lifting. And he's from a small Canadian town called Wallaceburg. Where's that at? It's kind of by Sarnia and Chatham. Okay, Ontario. Um, it's very small town, and he was apparently just unbelievable. And he was he was slotted to win the silver at the 84, 82 games. Sure, early 80s. One of those. I don't remember which was the summer, but um, he was, like, going in. All his lifts were um, looking to be silver, and he had a career-ending injury a week before leaving for, for the Olympics. Which so is devastating. Devastating. He works his whole life. and uh, But he won uh, Pan Am gold, and he was – he was he was legit. Yeah. So, um, really cool. He was able to teach me a few things, and um, obviously his knowledge about working out and uh, just keeping your body healthy and right is second to none. Being an Olympic athlete. Um, so, what did he turn to after a career-ending injury kept him out of the Olympic games? Yeah, he actually was training for the Olympics while he was in med school. Mm-hmm. Um, he was going to be an orthopedic surgeon he started that for a little bit and then kind of took a turn into um, psychiatry and regenerative medicine so he looks a lot at uh, metabolics and just um, blood labs and just a whole bunch of different stuff he's crazy smart Um, (laughs) crazy strong and crazy smart yeah like in his free time a lot of people watch all sports I don't know watch their favorite show but he'll be watching webinars on the next medical breakthrough breakthrough or or just whatever's in his field and piques his interest at the time so he never stops learning and he's uh he's a big role model for me just in in that sense and uh, obviously as an elite athlete he he knows what it takes to be at the top so i lean on him a lot what did what was it like growing up 
with a father that was obviously a, a fantastic athlete, but knew a thing or two about actually uh, working out how to do yeah. it right. But then having that psychiatry background as well as to know how things might be, how the wheels yeah. might be spinning in your brain during perfect. all this. It was yeah, perfect. You loved yeah. It? yeah, it was really good. A lot of people ask me, oh, does he try to do the whole like psych- psychoanalyze? Yeah, you? psychoanalyze you. But no, um, it's 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 actually helped me a lot just be able to talk about um, what's going on um, on and off the ice. So uh, it's been good in that sense. And then he's just been able to guide me in in my hockey life too. Because there's no matter what across the board for sports, there's a lot of the same mental aspects. Uh huh. Um, yeah, we might be doing different things physically, but um, when it comes down to it, we all are trying to perform for one game or one event or for him, one meet. So he's been able to help me a lot through that. And, um, yeah, I can't thank him enough for everything. He's, he's been there through everything. And anytime I have anything going on, I can give him a call and, um, for sure. It's, it's been awesome. It's perfect. He, he knows the best, best of both sides of the. How much confidence did you have as a kid whenever, guys would go on the playground and start the argument, my dad could beat up your dad and know that it's actually true. Oh, like I wouldn't even have to say it. You wouldn't have to say it. I'd just have him walk in the room. (laughs) Everyone (laughs) knows. Because even even when I was younger, he's he's had a few um, just some medical stuff so he doesn't work out as much now, but he still still does a ton. But back when I was in elementary and middle school, he was just – a wagon. He just, was a wagon. <laughs> he, he was huge and just all muscle. And he'd walk in a, he'd be one of those guys. He'd walk in the room. People would go, whoa. They would just like, yeah. they wouldn't know what to, what no, to say or how to react. It's just no. that large he, and in charge. Yeah. He, uh, he was, he was, uh, just huge. And apparently, um, my, my buddy trains with one of his old teammates and, um, just said he was on another level. So it's pretty cool to hear that about your dad and just kind of see how successful he was in his sport. And the athletic gene obviously passed down to yeah. yourself playing hockey, and you have a twin sister. Twin sister. That was a pretty gifted swimmer too, right? Yeah, and an older brother too. And an older brother. What does he do? Uh, <laughs> he's a heart surgeon. So <laughs> Okay, so if it wasn't yeah. being a supreme athlete, it was being yeah. the brainiac that could go brains. into med school. He got the brains, oh I got goodness. the athletic genes, I guess. So um yeah, but my sister's starting to get into the Olympic lifting a little bit too now. Oh really? Um and she's really good at it too. Um but yeah, they she's she's kind of a mix. She's got brains and she's athletic and then She's she's the best of both yeah, worlds. My brother's she's got, got, the got brains both ends of it. I've got the more athletic genes, I say. My goodness. So, what yeah. a family! This is unreal. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Some of the stories my brother has, he comes home with from the being a heart surgeon. Yeah, just operating and um, day in and day out. Like super. How should I put this? Are they more weird stories or are they more like intense stories? More intense, like like this guy came in and he had two minutes to live, and we put it yeah. together. Wow. Yeah, like he's he's in there. He's he's got his hand in people's chest, pumping their heart for him with his hand just manually because their hearts won't it work. Stopped. Yeah, so he's he's doing crazy stuff like that. Oh my god! And um, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> a 
Like you think you have a good game or something, and you come home and you hear a story <laughs> from him, and it's like, okay. I saved some guy's life yeah. today. Um, he's, I'm like, I scored today. And he goes, oh, cool. I saved four people's lives. It's like, all right, thanks, bro. It's like, all right, well. I'm going to no. go to bed now, thanks. Yeah, it helps keeps things in perspective for sure. He, He's out there saving lives every single day, and it takes a really special person to do that. Yeah, people that play this game for a really long time obviously want to win. They're super competitive, and so there's pressure that yeah. comes along with that, pressure of, of big games, winning championships, individual performances for contracts. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pressure, but none of it's compared to a guy that has no. – Literally heart surgery. He yeah. has to perform he surgery on life hearts. In their hands. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But for them, it's just. I think for them, yeah, it's super important. But they have to treat it like any other day at the office. Jeez. Or else it, they'd get. If I, I think it's if you get too emotionally attached to patients, it, it adds more, um, feeling and a little more nerves to it. So if you'd approach it just like a job, like I have to do this, this, and this, and. I think that's how they, they kind of get through it. Now, okay, see, I'm I'm absolutely fascinated by this. You have me hooked in, Sam. Yep. You have me hooked right now. I want some more stories about your brother as a heart surgeon. I'll, actually, you will satisfy me with just one story. Kay. Let's. We're going to break some rules here. Let's break HIPAA, like doctor-patient confidentiality. Sure. I want you to get down to the nitty-gritty. Tell me the most ridiculous story or most insane story that your brother has ever told you about being a heart surgeon oh that's easy that's easy go for it it's gotta be the time he was hey hey, what'd you just say what'd you just say it doesn't matter because broadway's coming on the podcast and you know what what broadway says broadway does so when i speak everyone listens jimmy hayes is coming So that's the story. Did she turn out okay? Yeah, of course. She's like, oh, you fixed my heart. Way to go. I don't care. Just give me a new one. Well, at least she had some perspective. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> I know, right? Like Jimmy Hayes, Broadway Hayes, made a point to interrupt us. I think it was three different episodes. I don't know if he was feeling jealous of the other guys getting on the show before him, but he would somehow interrupt our signal and do stuff like that. I wish we could actually hear that story about Sam Militech's brother, don't you? Yeah, it sounded pretty interesting from the start there. And Broadway came out of nowhere from the top ropes. Broadway comes from the top rope, drops an elbow on Sam Militech's story, completely steals the show, but I guess we had to give in to his demands. We finally wrangled Jimmy Hayes down midway through the season for his own episode of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. No interruptions, just Broadway unfiltered, and he did not disappoint. There were a lot of things to pick from from the Jimmy Hayes episode of the Penguins podcast. This is sort of a a two clips in one special. We'll configure it around. You'll see what we did here, but it's appropriate that you say from the top rope too because Jimmy Hayes, big WWE wrestling fan, he attended the SmackDown Live show at Mohegan Sun Arena at KC Plaza. So that's where we'll start our best of clip with Jimmy Hayes. This is an episode that we actually had to record at the arena, so there's going to be a little bit of background noise, but here's Jimmy Hayes talking about his WWE fandom and a versioning beef that he has growing with some current WWE superstars. I'm a little bit surprised you didn't go another route with this one. What, golf? No, not golf. I know golf is a popular one. It's actually something that happened 
right here in this building where we're recording the podcast just a few days ago. WWE. You were an attendee for SmackDown Live when they were here at Mohegan Sun Arena at Casey Plaza on Tuesday. You were front row, my friend. You were oh, not yeah. playing around either. No, I love it. I, I go to any city that I've been in the last couple of years. I kind of I went to two events in Boston, an event in New Jersey, and now the event here. I, I my dad used to take me as a kid. Yeah. And now I go. It's fun. Those guys are those guys are really good athletes too. Like it's crazy to see the flips and the shape that those guys are in. I think that goes unnoticed. And it's, uh, it's really entertaining. I, I enjoy it. I love going. Yeah, that's the thing, too, because I think what a lot of people focus in on sometimes is like, oh, well, you know it's fake, right? Jimmy, you know it's fake. <laughs> I don't know, man. Sometimes well, you can tell when they mess up, though. Yeah. Or not mess up. They Like if they're trying to throw a fake punch or I think they sometimes they connect. And it's yeah. Oh, pretty, yeah. It's but, <laughs> but that's the thing, too. Everyone gets so focused on you know it's fake, right, that you stop looking at it from, like, a performance standpoint. And you start to miss out on all the stuff, like you said, the flips and the shapes that you're in. And sometimes they will connect, but the show must go on. Once yeah. you connect with that punch, you can't just say, "Hey, time out, time out." You gotta go. Yeah, exactly. but it was really cool to have like the right in front row there. They were right on the mat in front of us, and I was yelling at Ray Mysterio and Samoa Joe's come over, gave him a big slap. But it was pretty <laughs> cool. Ray came up and gave me a high five after the match. And asked if. Uh, if my wife and I were having some fun. Really? So it was pretty cool. I was rooting him on for his match. He didn't win that night, but oh. I think he's back. So close. He's back. He is. Rey Mysterio is back. He was my favorite when I was a kid. <laughs> when I was a kid growing up watching wrestling, Rey Mysterio was my guy. Me and my neighbor, uh, we just loved him because he was, he was the little guy, the eternal underdog, and he would always pull off the crazy high-flying stuff to topple the Giants. Uh, I was at the show, too, on Tuesday night. Couldn't uh, pull out the big one that night, but one of the – Eternal good guys in the company. Nice to know that he was just coming up talking to you guys. Hey, having a good time after uh, the the show went to break or stuff like that. He just lost. He just lost his championship match. Didn't matter. Coming over talking to yeah, the fans. Yeah, he was. Uh, you can tell he's a. Uh, all those guys. He got some pretty cool personalities on him. I've uh, like in uh, the so even some of the girls that I know guys on our team in New Jersey got to meet some of them uh, before their matches and stuff. And you know they're just you know they're really cool, talented people. So it's fun to get in there and I love. Support the WWE, and I always buy my T-shirt or my merchandise every time I go. So I got my Cena T-shirt. You got a Cena T-shirt? Yeah, I got um, Uso Brothers T-shirts. You know, I got a couple of different T-shirts, so I love it. Now, <laughs> when you're when you're front row at one of these shows, everyone that's watching the wrestlers can also see the reaction of the people in the front row. You were pretty into it, which is great. That's good for the show. Did I see you dab on one of the Usos at one point? No, they dabbed on me. They dabbed I, on you? Yeah, they faked me. I, was, I had to throw a second dab on the second you, you brother. Got, you got to dab the dab. Yeah, you got to double so dab. I got dabbed, and I dabbed on that guy. So I was, I, that was pretty funny. <laughs> I told him I was looking for a high five, and he said he's sorry. He said he'll get, come give me a high five on the way back. But then they ended up losing the match, so they just kind of took off. They were, yeah. I'll see him again. I know there'll be another event, and I'll make sure I'm front row, and I'm, you I'm don't not going to fall for the dab this time. I'm going to be dabbing on him. You're going to get him this time, the preemptive <laughs> dab. Oh, yeah, so if you listen to so you better make sure it's coming. Oh, it's coming. We're we'll to have to tag him. Broadway in does not forget. Yeah, I did not forget. We're we'll going to have to tag him there on Twitter and see if he can respond. That <laughs> big guy in front. I was pretty pissed off. <laughs> Watch out, ladies and gentlemen, the upcoming Twitter beef between <laughs> Jimmy Hayes and the Usos of WWE. Uh, good to see that you had a fun time, though. Would you ever – consider or i guess uh, now we have to go through a time machine go back in time would you ever consider a career path like that i mean because you're a cool. pretty big guy I mean, Vince yeah, McMahon I think loves his big guys yeah, i know he likes his big guys i don't i, I think uh i don't know I, i'm not sure those guys are so athletic yeah uh, flexibility isn't one of my assets i would say <laughs> 
So I think those guys, I mean, it would be a lot of fun to be in the entertainment business. You know, I like the, I think I have the personality for it. But I, th- I, I wouldn't be a villain. I'd have to be one of the good guys. So I'd have to. You'd have to be a baby face. I'd have to figure figure out how to be one of the good guys. Oh, we'll see. That, that takes a lot of <laughs> fine tuning right there because it's very easy for everyone to hate the good guys, <laughs> it, it, which is not what's supposed to happen, but that's what ends up happening. Oh, yeah. So, hey, I mean, who knows? Maybe someday you'll find yourself in the squared circle. Uh, was your brother also going to those uh, games with you? Or not games, those uh, wrestling shows with oh, your dad? Oh, yeah, my dad, he took us all the time. And he'd take the whole neighborhood, too, because my dad back home, he's in the ticket business. So oh, okay. He's pretty, uh, my dad's one of the most generous guys on the planet, I, I'd have to say. So he always uh, took us to those events, and we always sat front row, so I've been spoiled when it comes to WWE. I'm, you I know I was Yeah, I was front <laughs> row at WrestleMania. I know I just like WrestleMania? Yeah, my dad's taken me to a lot of that stuff, so. You were front row at WrestleMania. Oh, what yeah. I had my buddy Pat McGough. He's, uh, he's talking crap to the Undertaker. The Undertaker turned around, and I think Pat McGough's still running to this day. He ran right he out of the building. He lost a part of his soul that day. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, he might have to go check his underwear after. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So you, your dad, uh, the whole neighborhood, like you said, and even your brother, uh, brother Kevin. Dad Kevin, also brother Kevin. Yeah. Um, how did you end up with the guy with the nickname Broadway, not your brother? Uh, it's, uh, I think I got it from my buddy uh, Brandon Perry and uh, Brett McClain when I was playing in Rockford. We used way to back in Rockford. Way back in Rockford. We used to do this drill. And uh, it was a 5 on old drill. And I was used to, supposed to shoot the puck from the wall, but I always take it right down the middle and just take a slap shot. And one of the older guys was like, there he is, coming right down Broadway. So they started calling me Broadway. And I didn't really, when I got traded to Florida, people asked me what my nickname was. And I just told them it's Jimmy or Hazy. Yeah. Didn't really mention the Broadway. And then two months later, my buddy Peary gets traded to Florida. Oh, and he brings it and with I'm him. And I'm walking in the locker room, and Sean Thornton and uh, Frosty, the equipment manager, uh-huh. uh, were sitting there. And he walks in and goes, hey, what's up, Broadway? And those two heard it, and they thought it was the greatest thing. And ever since then, they made sure they called me Broadway every time they saw me. Every guy started calling me Broadway. The coaches started calling me Broadway. So... And I was just kind of stuck, and now I just I love it. I think it's a great nickname. The genesis of the Broadway nickname. <laughs> it's even on your sticks now. Like, the guys get their names oh, on the yeah. shaft of the sticks. Broadway. Got my gloves, sticks, pants. That's where it is. It is, it is a it's great hockey nickname. nickname, so I love it. Oh, that no, that's the thing. Like, hockey nicknames tend to be so generic. Like you said, like, Hazy, Sam Militech, Millie, yep. uh, Sam Lafferty, Laps, like Anthony Angelo, Ange. Like, <laughs> to have an actual nickname in this game is pretty rare. And to have one as good as Broadway Jimmy Hayes, Dang, that's My legit. brother's Hollywood. Hollywood Hayes. Yeah, he puts a show every time he steps on the ice, no? Oh, boy. <laughs> that's that's from when he was little. But still, that's tremendous. Broadway and Hollywood Hayes. Yeah, it's a pretty good dynamic, huh? That's <laughs> the best of both worlds. The sure stage is. and screen, Broadway oh, yeah. and Hollywood. Let's do a movie. Let's do a movie. They made a movie about your life. Who would play Broadway Hayes? Um, Mark Wahlberg, of course, is from Dorchester. <laughs> <laughs> Marky Mark is playing Jimmy. Okay, then who are you picking to play your brother? The Rock or Kevin Hart. The Rock or Kevin Hart. Well, those are two opposite <laughs> sides of the spectrum. Well, I think they're right both now. funny because they're both. I love when they do movies together. They're two funny guys. Okay, my there brother's we go. got a good personality. I was a really funny guy. Maybe Will Ferrell could be my brother. Okay, so that's the the dynamic we'll go with here because we've seen Will Ferrell and Marky Mark show off their stuff before on the screen, so yeah, they have like that it. dynamic. Who would play your dad? Who's the <sighs> grizzled vet that would get the honor of playing Papa <laughs> I don't Hayes? Know. I don't know, Papa Hayes. I don't know. Was the uh, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank. What's that? What's that movie there? What movie? Inch by inch, you know the football movie. Oh, Ooh. 
Oh, my goodness. So this guy, I think, just destroyed his lawnmower. <laughs> I think There's no I way our, our microphones did not pick that up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't know who played my dad. My dad would be. <laughs> yeah, let's go back to this, to though. Be, uh, hmm, well, I have to figure out who my dad would be. Somebody really good. Somebody, maybe uh, Samuel L. Jackson or something. Samuel Some, L. Jackson. Somebody that brings a lot of. I love know. this cast right now. Yeah, he got, he's he, my dad. He's a. Who's that? Uh, um, who's the guy? Is it Samuel L. Jackson who plays American Gangster? Frank no, that was that Lucas? was Denzel. Oh, Denzel Washington Denzel. would be my dad. How did I screw that up? Denzel, Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington would be Papa Hayes. There we go. I love this cast right now. So we have Denzel Washington as the father figure, Will Ferrell and Marky Mark Wahlberg as the brothers, Hollywood and Broadway. I like Hayes. it. We? My mom would have to do like Sandra Bullock for my mom or something. Okay, Maybe there we Jennifer go. Aniston. There we go. Jennifer Aniston my mama with liked Denzel. That. There we go. Oh, oh, my goodness. Oh. We need to start calling. Do you have any connects in the in the movie industry? We've got to get some producers I might. on I this. I might. I know my buddy Scotty Upshaw's uh, really good buddies with Kevin Connolly, so he might be producing make, right there, Entourage, right there, baby. Make a couple calls, yeah. and then we've got the Hayes family movie. It's not what you know. It's who you know, right? Exactly, right? <laughs> and that's what's going to get us a movie. So coming soon to a theater near you. Oh, yeah. Keep an eye out for that one, ladies and gentlemen. Broadway Hayes. And his his family, very uh, boisterous personalities in the Hayes family. Patty, you've uh, seen th guys come and go throughout this Penguins locker room. How many personalities have you met like Jimmy Hayes? Oh, uh, there's uh, not too many. He's a right. special breed. He is. Um, Any comparables? Uh, I don't even know. I think he's one of a kind. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I got the chance to meet his dad on the father's trip, and uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, just talking and having fun at dinner, but uh, he's a great guy and he's a good leader. He's taught me a lot uh, this season, just little things along the way, like, any like what? Other, yeah, just like being a pro on and off the ice and just uh, little things like that. And just guys like that to come along, I think, are important for the locker room, not just for me, but for uh, even younger guys, like guys in the first year, guys like Militech or Lafferty, just coming in to. Uh, get a feel for what you need to do. I mean, he guys played in the NHL. He scored goals there, so he knows what he's doing, right? He knows what he's talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's funny that you brought up his guidance uh, for you, him sort of uh, being a leader, taking you under his wing a little bit, showing you the little things, as you pointed out, because he actually brought you up during his episode of the Penguins podcast. I see your reaction right now. You're like, oh, no, what's this, right? <laughs> Let's actually listen to what Jimmy Hayes had to say. This, uh, You know what? I'll just let the clip speak for yourself. I think you might want to hear this, Patty. Black Friday. Black Friday. I'm not canceling. You know, it's too much. Uh, you will. There's, uh, there's too much Instagram-worthy uh, videos to watch. You you're, know, some humor. you're not even worried about the deals. I, I don't go. You're worried about go the chaos. Yeah, you want to keep like, the chaos. I like the chaos. Gives me a good chuckle. Oh my goodness! Seeing the the cretins trample <laughs> over each other, trying to get themselves oh, yeah. the, the third TV good, instead of the thirtieth TV. It's pretty good tilts. Uh, I like to see Pat McGrath in uh, Black Friday. Oh my goodness! Can you imagine? Imagine him at a Best Buy. I'd love to see that. We might On have Xbox to organize Live. that. Pat McGrath. See if he just muscles guy. people out of the way. What would be better, seeing Patty McGrath leading the charge into Black Friday, or Patty McGrath as like Black Friday bouncer, trying to fend off? The lunatics. That, I think they'd both be unbelievable. I think leading the charge, though, is more of Patty. Patty's an offense guy. He he's, the offense he's, he's aggressive. Aggressive. Yeah. He's getting in there. He's getting his nose dirty, trying to get those Black <laughs> Friday deals. 
All right, Patty. There, there you have it. Broadway wants to see you on Black Friday. Oh, that's priceless. That's good. That's a good chuckle. Uh, <laughs> I've actually been to a Black Friday once before uh, up oh. here. I went to Dick's, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't leading any charge. There weren't too many people, so I was easy to uh, walk my way right in there. But that's yeah, the I've least seen some of the Black Friday story I've ever heard. Yeah, I've seen some of the the crazy ones though for like the Best Buy and like online. You look; those are pretty wild. Uh, I don't know how I might I might be a little too bullheaded going in there if I was if I was walking in. You, one of you those. think you would you just be shoving people out of the way? Would uh, I think I'd be just be more deck? upset that people are pushing me around. <laughs> <laughs> You'd go in level headed and then get upset because yeah. people are going so crazy. Yeah, they I can't believe people do that. Yeah, I, I feel like it gets a little far sometimes. It goes way too far. Yeah, there should just be vouchers or something they give out, and if you get one, you get one. If not, you know, snooze, you lose. <laughs> The voice of reason, Patrick yeah. McGrath. That's why... Peacekeeper. Yeah, that's why we brought up the Peacekeeper, <laughs> Pat McGrath. That could be your new nickname. Could Peacekeeper. Be. I like that. There we go. But that's why we even brought up Black Friday on the episode is because it was up for cancellation. Patty, as you know, it was a recurring game this season on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton to Penguins podcast where we took some polarizing topics and gave the players the power to cancel them, to completely eliminate them from existence. It was... A lot of fun, sometimes devastating to see some things mm. get canceled. Black Friday was not canceled by Jimmy Hayes, but we saw plenty of things canceled throughout the season. And since we have an episode of the Penguins podcast, I considered playing another round of canceled with you, Patty. But instead, well, I'm going to give you the ultimate power. Nice. The ultimate power. Okay, you ready for this? We will not be playing canceled. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first and only game of Reboot. You don't have to cancel everything. Patty McGrath, I am giving you the power to save the things that were canceled during the Wilkes-Barre Screens and Penguins podcast this season. In the helmet where we had the cancellation categories, now have been placed everything that was canceled during the season. They have been lumped into groups of five. And there is actually one special where we have a group of six. But out of those groups, you can pick to save one thing and reboot it from cancellation. You can be the savior, nice. Patty McGrath. Now, there are some things in here that even you might say, no, it doesn't deserve to be saved. It's going to so stay canceled. Pass them off, you can pass them off. But there also might be a few where you say, oh, my goodness, I need to save both. You can't. You must pick only one to reboot. One out of the five, out of each five here? Yep. Does that right. sound good to you? Yeah. All righty. Well, let's play reboots. Let's start with this one. All right, Patty. These five things were canceled during the season by various players, whatnot. You can save one of them. The first group of five on reboot. Gritty, the Philadelphia Flyers mascot, Gritty. He was canceled. Mumble rap. Off-ice workouts. <laughs> bumper stickers. <laughs> and bolo ties. Those, that's our first group of five. So you can reboot one of those five things that were canceled and save them. 
but you can only choose one. I like reading bumper stickers. I'm going to have to go with Gritty. You're going to reboot Gritty. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. Oh, I yeah, thought you, you meant Yeah, you, gotta, you, gotta, uh, you get to reboot? choose yeah. one to save. Oh, I'll reboot bumper stickers. You're going to reboot yeah, bumper stickers. Yeah, I enjoy looking at those uh, when I'm driving. Really? Yeah. So you're going to save I get a good bumper stickers. Out of some of them. They some were canceled stupid, by Broadway Hayes, and now Peacemaker Pat McGrath has brought them back. I thought Jimmy would have liked those reading those long no, drafts. He, he gave them the no guy, but it doesn't matter now because you have been given the ultimate power, and you have saved bumper stickers from cancellation, but gritty mumble rap. Off-ice workouts and bolo ties have all been sent into the canceled abyss. All right. Next round. Round of five. Patty. Calling people haters. Herbies. You know, the conditioning drill. Blue line back. Red line back. Far blue line back. Far goal line back. Yeah. Okay. When I was your age. When people say, when I was your age. Nutcrackers. The decorative Christmas ornament. Or... Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> These are the next five. Uh, These were canceled. You can reboot only one oh of them. Wow. Oh, boy. So once again, let's read through these real quick. Calling people haters, Herbie's When I Was Your Age, Nutcrackers, and Fifty Shades of Grey. I don't know if I want any of these back. You make sure you give this consideration because if you don't save any of them, they're just going to be gone and lost forever. Wow. I know. It's a mighty weight on your shoulders, but you're a strong guy. Can handle the pressure. Hmm. I'm gonna just ditch them all. You're gonna ditch them yeah. all. No one gets saved from this group. Nobody. Patty McGrath says, "Get out of here. Yeah. You're canceled forever." Oh, let's see if someone from this group can be. Can I take two now from this one? Nope, only one. Okay. Rules don't change, buddy. All right. Sorry. Here we go. Next group of five: pineapple on pizza, Ooh. mosquitoes, unmarked police cars. Jim Grunters, and then reminding people the book was better than the movie. Hmm. I don't like Jim Grunters. I imagine you I wouldn't. Because there's a difference between the guy who gives that little bit of extra oomph and then really is just for primal un grunting. Unmarked police cars or whatever. Mosquitoes stink. They could stay away. Yeah. I had a feeling no one was going to save that. I don't like pineapple on pizza. Okay. I guess I'll bring back reminding people that the book really was better than the. Jeez, uh, well, that's a tough it. one. I don't know. Like, I'll bring back uh, pineapple on pizza for some people. That You're gonna good. save pineapple on pizza. Yeah, because I like pizza, and you could take the pineapple. Even off. though you're not a <laughs> you're not a Hawaiian pizza guy yourself, you say, you know what, I'm gonna uh, save this There's guys out there that like it. I'll do it for them. Wow. So <laughs> that's a that's a very polarizing debate out there in the world. Uh, people say that pineapple doesn't belong on pizza or pineapple on pizza is delicious. We thought we Strong finally topic. had it resolved, but you're going to save pineapple on pizza for the pineapple pizza lovers out there. I'm going to do it for the people that so want it bad. Pineapple on pizza has been rebooted, saved from cancellation. Another group of five, and I would like to remind everyone out there that this is everything that was canceled on the Penguins podcast this season. We did not leave anything out. Okay, next group of five. Saying literally, mm. Valentine's Day, kale, grocery stores tempting you with candy at the checkout aisle, or air hand dryers. When you go into the bathroom and they have the air-powered hand dryers. Wow. Literally, oh, wow, Valentine's wow. Day, kale, grocery stores tempting you with candy at the checkout aisle, and air hand dryers. These were all canceled, and you can save one of them. Oh, 
Tough, tough, tough. Well, I'm a big fan of candy. I'll bring back uh, grocery stores. Stores tempting, tempting yeah. you with candy at the checkout aisle. Yeah. I'll bring that back. Why not? You'll bring. I don't mind candy. You have a favorite candy? Oh, if, if you see it at the grocery store, candy? Al, what are you grabbing? Even well, though you they, had no plans of purchasing them. it. They don't have them. Uh, Coffee Crisp is, is right up there. Top three for sure. Top okay. two. Um, but those are Canadian. But they do have them I was going to uh, say, you're not going to find those at the Wegmans checkout aisle. No, they do have them at Wegmans. In the back? The, there's one section they have them. Yeah. Um, let me think, though. Uh, I'd get something sour patches or something like that, maybe. Okay. You can now grab them at the checkout aisle for a minute there. We thought that was canceled, but Patty McGrath has rebooted grocery back. stores, tempting you with candy at the checkout aisle. We're back. We're back. And we're back with another group of five. Five things that were canceled, and you can reboot them. The Kardashians, electric eye toilets, gossip magazines, people hanging their legs out of the passenger seat window of cars, and babies on airplanes. <laughs> Wow. Well, let's see. So you have the Kardashians, questionable celebrities, electric eye toilets, those like automated toilets. Whenever you stand up, they automatically flush for you. There's no lever. Gossip magazines. Once again, we go back to the grocery store checkout aisle. Those, uh, I don't even know what you call them. I guess they would call themselves generously pop culture magazines, but it's, just, it's rumor. It's hearsay. People that hang their feet out of the passenger seat window. You have to be familiar with this phenomenon. People like doing that for some reason. Well, they used to. It's been canceled. Yeah. And babies on airplanes. I need no real preface for that. Uh, I mean, the electric eye toilets aren't bad. You don't, you don't want to be touching stuff in the bath in dirty public restrooms, you know? So I'll, I'll bring those back. Electric eye toilets have been rebooted. Yeah. All right. We have two more groups left. Okay. Here's the group of five. And then we'll get to the group of six, the big shebang after this. But this group, we have people saying hashtag the shootout, millennials, blaming the year for unfortunate <laughs> events, and fake Christmas trees. Hmm. Well, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. They all are tough. I'm pretty good in the shootout, so we'll bring the shootout back. You're going to bring back yeah. the shootout. I never get my shot, but I'm pretty good at it. When that day comes, yeah, I gotta the back crowd's going to be on its feet. Talk, so. <laughs> That's out there now. That's yeah. on the record, especially now that you rebooted the shootout from yeah. cancellation. I won't disappoint, though. Just give me a look. <laughs> there we go. The shootout is back. Patrick McGrath ready to strut his stuff at the next opportunity in the shootout now that it's been rebooted. And we have one last group. This is a big group of six. And you can still only choose one to save. Are you ready, Patty? Let's dance. In this group of six, we have The Bachelor slash The Bachelorette. Oh, wow. They were canceled. Trick or treating without a costume. That was canceled. That was a little amendum that was made to an original one by McCoy Urkamps. Raisins in cookies. Daylight savings time. Vaping. And man buns. You can save one of those six. Oh. Give it a, a good think. Not a fan of the vapors. Not a fan of raisins and cookies. This is a tough one. Mm -hmm. The group of six was going to be challenging. Well, trick-or-treating without a costume. Uh, what that originally was, it was trick-or-treating... After you turn like 16 or 18 years old or something uh, like that, okay, McCoy Urkamp okay. said, hey, you know what? 
That's fine. There's no age limit that I'm going to impose, but you need to be wearing a costume. Not a fan of the people that just go around like oh. T-shirt and jeans, like ringing the yeah. doorbell. I'll go against so, uh, our camp, so I'll bring that back. You're bringing back <laughs> yeah. trick-or-treating without a costume. Yeah. That's the one you saved. Have you pulled that move? Uh, no, but I'm going to. You're going to now. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just I, go with I door mean, to door. Yeah, I don't think Give me some never... candy. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with getting a little good candy. That's why I brought candy back to the grocery store. Oh, my goodness. It all comes full circle. Yeah. It all comes back to candy. Oh, my goodness. So that, ladies and gentlemen, was Reboot, a chance to save what was canceled during this season of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton and Penguins podcast. And Patty McGrath decided to reboot electric eye toilets, grocery stores tempting you with candy at the checkout aisle, bumper stickers, the shootout, pineapple on pizza, and trick-or-treating without a costume. Not bad. Not bad at all. You were busy. Yeah. Busy during that. That was a lot. I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, there are a lot of tough things you don't want to bring back, but you got to pick one of them. Well, there was even one group where you said, no, all of you are toast. Yeah. So, even so. But that was Reboot. I hope everyone enjoyed Canceled this season. I hope you enjoyed this round of Reboot as well. Reboot is over. Canceled is now over for the season, but... Even so, I think there's one thing that we'd all cancel if given the opportunity, Patty, and that's someone dipping into your supply of ice cream. Mm. That's a no-go, right? You would cancel that? You don't want somebody dipping in that? No. Why would you want someone dipping into your supply of ice cream? It's no, your ice cream. Yeah, that is that's that is crazy. Well, unfortunately, we had that problem on the team this season. Really? McCoy Urkamps outed himself to his roommate Ryan Scarfo on his... <laughs> His inability to contain himself and consume the roommate's ice cream. Let's hear the two roommates discuss this amongst themselves. Yeah, and then, you know, finish it up. Maybe go for some ice cream. Oh, wrap yeah. up with some ice cream. I'm a big, big ice cream fan. What's the favorite kind of ice cream? I'm a mint chip. I like mint chip as of late. Uh, but if you're going to ask me, like, the normal flavors, I'm not a chocolate guy. Uh, not a vanilla. chocolate guy. No. no, straight vanilla. Straight vanilla. Yeah. Now I crush ice cream. Just ask Ryan Scarfo. I've ate about <laughs> three or four of his tubs when he wasn't home. Wait, so you're you're just dipping into the roommate's ice cream? Well, I guess I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, well, like I always talk to him. I always say like, <laughs> you know those Ben and Jerry's pints of ice cream? Mm -hmm. Well, like if I get if I get a pint, I'm gonna I'm gonna hammer the whole thing in one night. Like it's not gonna, it's not gonna be sitting in the freezer. Well, he skims the top. He just it takes in. a little bit at a time. Yeah, leaves it in the freezer. Well, yeah. What is he doing with the self-control? This nah, is ridiculous. He can't be doing that anymore. I think I owe him actually like three or four pints. <laughs> you should keep a running tab of all the pints. Of I ice have. Cream. Like I'm, I'm trying to pay him back slowly. <laughs> you know, honestly, been really happy with all the guys here. I think it's a really good group. Um, and I think we do have a lot of good guys in that room. So, but how happy could you really be? with McCoy Urkamps because we had, <laughs> we had him on the podcast earlier and he he put himself right in the soup because he was telling us that you guys are rooming together yeah. and he is guilty of eating all of the ice cream in the freezer, even I, if it is your ice cream. I can confirm that. You can, can confirm I, that. I can confirm that, yes. Does this result in some battles in um, the household? I honestly don't get too <laughs> too mad about it. I just think it's funny. Uh, really? Sometimes I don't even remember that I had ice cream in there. <laughs> so then uh, when he tells me he accidentally ate my ice cream or not really. Yeah, it's not, not an, accident. Really an accident. How do you accidentally eat ice cream? But he just says, you know what, man, if it's in there, like I have to eat it. <laughs> and I said, 
all right, well, just buy me a new one. But sometimes I don't even know that he ate it. So if he didn't tell me, I'd probably, you, he I'd probably wouldn't even notice. He would have gotten away. Yeah. He, but, you would have never known. But he's an honest guy. So, exactly. Uh, no, we have a good relationship. Uh, it's actually kind of funny because we've been pretty much together from the start. We were roommates at training camp in Ottawa mm-hmm. for the rookie tournament all through training camp. So we had a few weeks together there. And then um, I lived with him a little bit in Brampton when I was sent down at one point. And then, um, you know, obviously we came over in the trade here and we roomed together on the road and we lived together at home. So we spent quite a bit of time together. Yes. So, um, you know, when I can, I try to get him away from him for a couple minutes. <laughs> no, I'm just get yourself some space. No, just kidding. He's a, he's a really good guy. He's a nice guy to have around and, you know, he's a great roommate. So I'm glad to hear the living situation is going well. It continues <laughs> yeah. to move on yeah. despite the fact that he keeps digging into your supply yeah, of I'll, ice cream. Yeah, I'll let the ice cream slide, but. You'll let this, yeah, for now, (laughs) you'll let it slide. Yeah. Yeah. Has he paid you back yet? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's good about that. He'll usually grab a a pint or two when he, when he goes to the store. So honest guy owns up to his mistakes and then makes up for it. Yeah. He just can't keep his hands away from the ice cream. As as far as I know, he's honest guy. There could have been a couple ice creams that haven't been repaid yet. He just never told me about it. I'm yeah. not sure. But uh, but no. why would you sell yourself out on like half the ice creams and not tell the other half? Like, <laughs> I feel like it's one or the other. No. You're either trying to get away with it or you're trying to be an honest no. guy. He's an honest guy. Yeah. yeah. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. Yeah. There we go. Sure. Ryan Scarfo sounds like he forgave McCoy Urkamps, but would you let a move like that fly? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, I'm lucky enough. I drive past Hillside Dairy every day, so I got plenty <laughs> of ice cream on the go when I need it. But There's uh, no shortage. But you got I have, stuff Yeah, like I have left ice cream in the freezer, and I get a little disappointed when somebody uh, polishes it off on me when I wasn't quite done with it. But you look to get it the next day or maybe after a meal, and it's all gone. That kind of hurts a little bit. But, it does. It stinks. But uh, I think you got to forgive them because, you know. Maybe they're doing you a favor. Maybe you had too many scoops that day. In, in the long <laughs> run, they've actually done you a favor. Yeah. That's a, an interesting way to look at it. Ryan Scarfo, uh, he did us uh, a, a ton of favors on, on the Wilkes-Barre Grand Penguins podcast this season. He was actually a fantastic episode. So we're going back to another Ryan Scarfo clip, aren't we? Yeah, he's uh, going to tell us a little bit of a Hidden Talent and uh, his favorite band. So uh, stay tuned for that. I did a little bit of digging. Prior to this episode, usually I, I know a fair bit about the guys that I can steer the conversation one way or another. But given that you did come to the team in the middle of the season, mm-hmm. I had to do a little bit of research. Okay. And going <laughs> on your profile, your bio page on the old Union College athletic site, mm-hmm. there's a little section where they have like your stats, your yep. career bests, you know, streaks, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then you get to other. Mm-hmm. They try to put in little fun facts about the guys. Yeah. And on the Union College website, it says that you – play the drums i used to play the drums you used to play the drums i honestly think uh when i filled out that questionnaire i didn't know what to put for that answer uh-huh. so i was just i'm like all right i'll just put i'll play the drums because i i used to play the drums growing up uh in middle school i played uh the, i was in the percussion okay actually so i was pretty cool i played the xylophone i was pretty cool i was pretty cool <laughs> in the in the middle school band uh no trying i was rocking it I, I don't know if i did the triangle i did like that's the real mvp there, that's there the punter like, of the orchestra there was, there was no like, respect for the triangle they had the the uh the uh the band and then there was also like a jazz band which was kind of a, it was a separate uh-huh, yeah thing so in the band i would do the xylophone and the snare drum so just kind of playing one drum for the band. And then in the jazz band, I think I played the drum set on 
a song or two. And that was really what I enjoyed most, actually, was the drum set. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't love as much playing the single drum and then the xylophone. No, it's not nearly as much fun. No. So the drum set was pretty cool. And then I, I took lessons for a year. Uh, just kind of, I would, you know, play a song on the radio in the, like in the lessons yeah. and then I would just play right along to it with, uh, my instructor. It was pretty cool. We had some fun. Uh, and then when I shipped off to prep school and I think it was 2009, uh, I ended up stopped taking lessons cause I wasn't living at home anymore. I was living at school, uh, cause I boarded there for four years. So I guess that wasn't the best fun fact because <laughs> it was four years old, uh-huh. but, uh, I did have a little history growing up playing the drums, so I do uh, I do enjoy music. Did I you get pretty playing. good? I I thought I was decent. Yeah, I I mean, like I said, I you know I only did it for a year. I kind of wish I could have kept going, but uh, maybe at some point I'd like to start learning a little guitar in the future. Here, if I have some free time, I'd like to a little guitar. Yeah, I wouldn't mind maybe doing the acoustic guitar. That'd be kind of nice. See, we've learned we've... how to serenade the ladies with that. You know, it's a good never hurts underrated skill. I think. Um, is it underrated? I feel like it's properly rated. Is it? I feel I like know. a lot of people have that in their back pocket. They might, yeah. Because I don't, but you gotta you gotta work on it because yeah. we've had a handful of guys here on the podcast that have come on and been guitar players. Uh, Zach Aston Reese, namely, mm-hmm. incredibly like multi talented musician, plays bass, plays guitar. Mm-hmm. I think he might even dabbled a little bit in the drums. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just misremembering that. Frankie Corrado, now with the Toronto Marlies, awesome guitar player really 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 good guitar player Mm -hmm. like bluesy licks things like that like he's he knows how to play Mm -hmm. um so i thought you were going to be the first drummer and we could start like assembling (laughs) the wilkesbury assembling a little little bit of a band yeah yeah i mean i honestly i can't remember the last time i sat down on the drum set but i'm sure if i had one in front of me i'd be able to pick it up pretty easy figure it out yeah usually you can keep a beat usually remember most of it so but it has been a while yeah so what was your favorite song to play on the drums? Uh, favorite song to play? I mean, I was. I, this is funny because I was talking to the guys about this the other day for really? some reason. I was talking to Millie because he's uh, Millie's playing guitar right now, and so we were kind of talking. I was like, "Oh, I used to play the drums, whatever." I used to play songs by Daughtry. Do you remember Daughtry? I remember Daughtry. Yeah, I used to play songs uh, by him, and I, I think maybe some Nickelback too. Some Nickelback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like that. I don't know, rock you could call it. You could call uh, it that. alternative. I don't know a little bit with Daughtry, but um, yeah, I think those are the two bands I used to play a couple of their songs, and I I can't remember which one was my favorite, but you those would, were you probably would the two. slam on the cans to I would, Nickelback. Yeah. Oh yeah, a little Nickelback. Yeah, we really got rocking in there, so it was fun. We used to have a good time with it, actually. See, Nickelback though, they're a pretty polarizing artist. Mm-hmm. Nickelback. They're they're the band that everybody decides to pick on. I'm not sure when this started, when this started being the thing, but everyone decided, without actually discussing it, that Nickelback is the band that we're just going to agree to decide that they're the joke band. They're the joke band. Yeah. But a lot of Canadians, because Nickelback is from Canada, Mm -hmm. are Nickelback apologists. Mm -hmm. You're from Mass, but you grew up a Nickelback fan too? Yeah, I'd say so. I. I I don't know. I just kind of maybe got one of their CDs when I was younger, uh-huh. like as a kid, and so I just sort of liked their music. What tunes were on it? Do you remember? Um, is there a song called like "Today Was Your Last Day" or something? I got their "If Today Was Your Last Day." That, yeah, Dark the, Horse. That was the that Dark record. Horse. Yeah, I had that album on my uh, iTunes or something. Yeah, or I maybe even had because that real, had "Burn It to the Ground" on it too. Yeah, yeah, all those songs, and I uh, 
I might even had the real CD because I used to like when I was real young. We had those, you know, the players where you pop the CD in and then you yeah, attach course. the headphones. Absolutely, I know those um, all too well. That's how I would get revved of, up for my like might hockey. Games. A lot of long car rides. I'd yeah, just be jamming to some Nickelback or I don't know some other CD that I had. You were burning to the ground. Yeah, probably singing, annoying my parents in the front <laughs> seat. I'm sure. <laughs> So McCoy Urkamp's outed himself as the ice cream thief, but then Ryan Scarfo turns right around and outs himself as the Nickelback apologist. Are you a Nickelback apologist, Patty? Oh, I don't know. It's a tough one. <laughs> you know what? They get a lot of heat, Nickelback. They get a lot of heat. They could take a bunch of heat, and I, I don't really mind them that much. I, I listen to them uh, quite a bit. So you're a Nickelback apologist? I think so. And here's the thing, Patty. I will also go on the record right now and say I, too, am a Nickelback apologist. Yeah. Are they my favorite band, like Ryan no, Scarfo? No, yeah. no, no, not even close. Like, no, let's yeah. let's calm down no. right now. Yeah, I'm but not saying they take way that, too much heat than they deserve. They're yeah, just they a band a that everyone decided. I, I don't really think they've done much wrong. The songs aren't bad. and They're not uh, great. Uh, no, no. <laughs> they're definitely not great. No, but they're, but I, but they're but digestible. When the, yeah. people act like it's a, a heinous war crime, yeah. whatever Nickelback comes. Yeah, up. and I, I I would have to say I'd uh, I'd be willing to bet that a lot of people that say that uh, have listened to them in their day. Oh, more than more than once. A lot of smoke and mirrors. <laughs> a lot of smoke and mirrors. So we're calling you out. You know, deep down, you don't mind Nickelback. Patty McGrath and myself, we've gone on the record as Nickelback apologists. Maybe not as big as fans as Ryan Scarfo told us, but Nickelback apologists. No, he's got posters and all sorts oh, of stuff. Oh, he totally does. He has a cardboard cutout of, of Chad Kroger. He does, yeah. That's a fact. Yeah, it's in his don't, room. Don't double check it. It's a fact. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> that might that might start a fight. <laughs> well, what's, uh, what's the – well, you're a guy that's been known to, to drop the gloves from time to time. What's the worst fight you've ever been in? What's the worst licking you ever took? Oh, I know that's a tough one to put you on the spot with. I'm going one. somewhere with this though. Uh, uh, probably when I was just starting up in juniors. Yeah, I wouldn't say who because I wouldn't want to give him that much credit. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it probably was in juniors when I was starting up. Fair enough. But I ended up getting him back. So well, there you go. As long as you got your revenge. Yeah. Jared Scaldi has been around the world and back again. Played in Japan. He's played in Slovenia. He's played in Switzerland, and of course played in the American Hockey League and lots of time in the National Hockey League as well. Yeah, he's seen the world. He has seen it all, and he has so many stories. His episode was among the best this season when we got assistant coach Jared Scotty on the podcast, but if we had to whittle it down to one clip, we decided to pull the time that he was talking about not only his memories at Madison Square Garden scoring his very first NHL goal, but also his worst fight. And he did give the guy some credit. It's actually become a little bit of an inside joke in the Scaldi family. Let's hear what Scalds had to say about his favorite memories of playing at Madison Square Garden. To see a concert at Madison Square Garden is, is incredible, just to, of all the people that have played there. And, you know, my personal memories of playing there, I scored my first NHL goal there. At MSG? And at MSG. Ooh. So, I mean, I just, I just love that place and then got to see the Foo Fighters there and then see them again two days later at uh, PPG. Against what goalie? Mike Richter, game Mike winner. Mike Richter, the game winner. Yep, and I could tell you he was on the ice. Brian Leach, Jeff Bukaboom, Mark Messier, Adam Graves, and Tony Amante. And you reverse-checked Messier. He fell down to the ice. You split the D. You left Leach <laughs> in your dust and then went bar down on Richter. That's how it went, right? Yeah, it did, except complete opposite. <laughs> Richter came out to play the puck, hit Doug Brown, 
who passed it to me, and I put it in the empty net for the uh, game winner. Still counts. Still counts. Still counts. Still counts. And it was yeah. the game winner. So you guys walk away with the win. And my other big memory at Madison Square Garden as a player is I got, I got one punch by Adam Graves there, and that, that wasn't fun. No. I bit off a little more than I could chew, and I remember I thought I could just, you know, hold on to him, you know, and then all of a sudden his old man strength just kicked in, and he just, boom, one punched down I go. I remember the whole five minutes of box, it felt like my face was just warping, and I couldn't hear out of my... <laughs> ear it was like oh so oh. we have a expression and anybody complains in our family like oh this hurts or you know you know what hurts getting one punch by adam graves <laughs> so that's a family expression of ours there you go we're in on the inside jokes yeah. in the scotty family too <laughs> i suppose the the silver lining the glass half full way to look at that is that you actually do remember being one punched <laughs> yeah. by adam graves <laughs> i remember it so that's yeah. a good thing it wasn't it wasn't too damaging yeah you want to talk about one-of-a-kind individuals, Jared Scaldi. What a fantastic guy with more stories than Aesop. This guy's got so many stories. Do you have any good uh, Jared Scaldi stories? Any words of wisdom he shared with you or tales from his playing days? Oh, geez, I don't know. He's always got some good... Uh, he does. Whenever you think he's tapped out, he comes back with more. Yeah, he's got some good stories. I mean, like you said, he's seen a lot, right? He's been there, done that, so he's always got some good ones. Um... Let's see. A uh, funny one was when he went to. Uh, he said he when, when he was in Japan uh, playing at the very end of his career. He said uh, he was laughing that uh, he was finally the finally the biggest guy on the ice because it was uh, they were all pretty small over yeah. there. <laughs> Looking around, he was laughing at himself, laughing to himself, uh, saying that he was uh, finally the to- taller one. He uh, here's here's a good story too, and I can't possibly uh, do it justice. Like when when he. Uh, tells the story the way he does. He has a he has a great story about uh, playing for uh, Daryl Sutter with the Calgary Flames and just the way you know he thought he was feeling good. He had a good game or something like that. This is the Cliff Notes version of the story. Sutter calls him into the office the next day and just tears him a new one, but only because he knew they were playing like the second game of a back to back and he needed someone like Scotty to bring some energy. So he was playing paranoid <laughs> the whole yeah. game and he said like I didn't realize until years later what he had done. But I was like, what the heck, man? Like I just had a great game. That's one of my favorite stories uh, yeah. that he has. Also, I just heard this one recently. Once again, I, I feel bad telling the stories because I can't do them the same justice that he does. No, he does them well. Yeah. Um, he was playing in the American League. I believe he said he was playing for the St. John Flames. Um, and, you know, sometimes uh, guys get taken out of the lineup. It can be tough whenever you're accumulating games out of the lineup, things like that. The team was growing restless. They just had a tough loss. Someone must have complained about the lineup. And the coach, this was a guy who had no – no patience, no time for anything, no-nonsense kind of guy. says, you know what? You think it's so easy to make the lineup? You guys can make the lineup. Now, quiet bus ride to the next town or something like that. And at some point on the bus ride, Scald thought to himself, you know what? I will make the lineup. <laughs> and he and the other leaders on the team, they scratched themselves, but they made a lineup and turned it into the coach at the front of the bus. That didn't go over well either. <laughs> it was sort of a rhetorical. I don't think they were actually supposed to make the lineup. But there was a time where he, well, he scratched, he scratched himself, but – Turn in a lineup. Yeah, I could see. I could see. Uh, just trying to make a point there. Yeah, I don't think it was. I don't. Once again, I don't think that's what the coach was. No, actually he's got some priceless stories though, over the years. I'm sure he's uh, he's had some funny. He could probably tell you stories all day long. But the, oh, oh my the goodness, Gra- Adam or the uh, Adam Graves one is uh, that's a funny one. That's a great one too. 
They're all they're all great stories. We got to get him a TED talk or something like that. We could do oh, yeah. eight different the Jared Scaldi series, eight different podcasts. Yeah, with him. he'd have some good ones. He should go out of that spit chicklets. Oh, there we go. We'll see if we can work something out with the uh, former Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, Ryan Whitney and Paul Bissonette. See if they can uh, show some love. They always show love to the Penguins. They always oh, show yeah. love to Wilkes-Barre. They know what's up. <laughs> They do. They know what's up. They've they've seen a thing or two, and now we've heard a thing or two on this best of episode of the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins podcast. It's now time to wrap things up. But before we go, Patty, we have to do one more thing. The same way we close out every episode of the Penguins podcast, Patty. This is Pens Picks. Pens Picks, Patty. This is the point in the show where I ask uh, my guest, or in this case, the co-host to give a recommendation to the fans for sticking with us throughout the entire episode, this long best-of episode at that, too. Give a recommendation to the fans, something that you're into or something you just want to show your admiration for and make it your pen's pick. What do you got for us? Oh, just uh, I just appreciate how much uh, support they give to this team every year, year in, year out. I mean, since I was coming as a kid, I still see some of the people – 20 years ago <laughs> that yeah. when I used to watch the games with, and now they're watching when I'm out there. So I think that's uh, it's pretty special, and it's a small community, and I think everybody supports it uh, pretty strongly. I swear we did not rehearse that. That's your final Pens pick of the season. Patty McGrath giving the shout-out to the faithful fans of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. How perfect. I will also run down the entire list of Pens picks that the players and myself gave you the fans this season in case you missed an episode. Uh, make sure to go back and listen to the old episodes and whatnot. They're all on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins SoundCloud page. You can find them on iTunes just by typing in WBS Penguins. But here's your complete list of Pens picks from this season. We'll start with Patty McGrath just giving a shout-out to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins fans. Other Pens picks from this season were NHL Center Ice, Microsoft Excel, Videos on Outer Space, Staying Hydrated, Penn's Peak and Jim Thorpe, PA, Orange Soda, two books, The Magic Strings of Frankie Presto and The Energy Bus, Greta Van Fleet, the IIHF World Junior Hockey Championships, the board game Settlers of Catan, Wisconsin Cheese Curds, hotels that give you the channel listing on a little piece of paper, Canteen Restaurant in Wilkesbury, Words with Friends, Keats Pub, also in Wilkesbury. We had a long list of television shows that were plugged during this season, so now we'll run through all the TV shows. Arrow, You on Netflix, Haunting of Hill House on Netflix, the Netflix documentary Fire on the Fire Festival, Suits, there were two different Pens picks for Game of Thrones. We also had a Pens pick just for being nice to one another and treating each other well. And lastly, our final Pens pick once again is going to be the band Radke, who provided us with the killer theme song all season long. And now, for one last time on the Penguins podcast, we're signing off Nick Hart with Patty McGrath. We now have to butcher that theme song by Radke. You ready, buddy? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. We'll see you next time, folks. <laughs>